0: So today I will speak to you about how does Aragon work under the hood. Um, To give you just a bit of introduction about myself, my name is Julia Chevalier, uh, I lead developer advocacy at Aragon, Um, and we have just released our new protocol in the past three, four months or so, Um, and so that's what I will be sharing with you today. Now, to give you a bit of context, what is Aragon? Uh, We're a DAO framework, which enables users to create and manage organizations on chain. Um, But let's take a bit of a deeper dive as to what that actually means. Um, So the way we've designed our DAO framework is that the key thing that you can do is, of course, create organizations. Now, organizations are a group of people. And so as such, uh, you're able to also manage your organization's membership. Uh, these people will be making decisions on how to manage their assets uh, and use those assets to execute actions on-chain. Now, this is all important because, firstly, because of organizations or a group of people, it means that we can't really envision how these people will behave, the types of initiatives that they'll be bringing about, how they'll be using their funds, and how they'll be uh, distributing their tokens. And so, the way we've structured our framework from an architectural perspective is that really the framework enables you to create organizations but everything else that you can do for daos is enabled through dao plugins now let's take a look at an arrogant dao um, so so we can get a bit of into context as to what that means and, and the implications so firstly when you're deploying a dao essentially you're deploying an instance of a dao.sol contract um, this contract, you can imagine it as a treasury, a vault holding funds. You're able to deposit assets into the contract. Um, you can execute any action on behalf of the DAO. Um, and so really, the DAO, the contract is the core um, of the DAO that you're deploying. Now, everything else, like I said, that you're able to do, you're doing it through plugins. Now, these plugins may be uh, voting mechanisms, it may be a bundling of actions that you're putting together, maybe some connection with other ecosystem contracts, or it could just be something, uh, a logic that says that whenever you're withdrawing assets, you donate a fund to your, uh, your favorite environmental cause. Like, it, it doesn't really matter, right? Uh, plugins are super wide open, and we'll see in a sec uh, what they actually mean from a technical background. Um, but the idea is that, all of the functionality that a DAO can do is enabled through these plugins now how are these two connected they're connected through permissions and so the way we've set it up is that every DAO contract will have its permission manager, its permissions database and these permissions work both ways on one end you may uh, grant the execute permission from the DAO to a plugin So that a plugin is able to execute actions on behalf of the DAO like say withdraw assets right or they may work the other way around where we grant the DAO permissions to call on functions specifically uh, created by the plugins like for example adding members creating proposals etc and so permissions are really what's connecting um these two these two contracts now if we see that as the picture of what an Aragon DAO is, I think the, the next key portion of why this is interesting is because we're able to customize DAOs specifically in two fronts. On one layer, of course, through plugins. Um, each DAO is different not only based on the plugins that they select for their DAO, but also in being able to create their own plugins if, if what you're looking to build is not currently there in our plugin registry. So you're really able to do a lot uh, with these types of organizations. And then on the other layer, uh, you're able to customize the DAO's UI. Uh, Currently, we have the Aragon app, which supports uh, X types of plugins, X types of functionality. But if you're looking for a community that's potentially in Japan and you want it to be uh, tailored to the user experience that best works there, that to the language that best works there, then you may want to be adapting how you're interacting with your DAO. Um, and we have an SDK that enables engineers to do that. So with that context in mind, let's take a bit of a deeper dive uh, into the technical background of what these DAO plugins are. Um, So firstly, just to point out some examples of plugins like I've mentioned before, certainly governance mechanisms are the most common one. Um, We also have additional coordination functionalities like, say, reputation systems, coordination graphs, role granting. All of these are um, functionalities that you can enhance through plugins. We also have ideas like treasury management, bonding curves, uh, staking rewards, and being able to connect with uh, other ecosystem players to generate some yield out of the treasury for DAOs. Um, We can also do action bundles so that we're not calling a bunch of different actions and a bunch of different transactions, but really bundle them together to make it easier for DAOs to make decisions. Um, And ultimately just ecosystem integrations really with any any contract around on the chain that you're deployed to. And so when we take a look at the implementation of, of a plugin and, and what it really is uh, for us developers who are building them, we're really looking at two key contracts. Firstly, we're looking at the plugin implementation contract. Um, this is the contract that will contain the logic of your plugin. This is where we say add a member, vote, create a proposal, the one that really holds all of that extra functionality that you want your DAO to be able to do. And then we have the plugin setup contract. And the plugin setup contract is the instructions. These are the instructions for installing, uninstalling, upgrading your plugin. Um, it'll be the, pro- the contract that connects the, our plugin installer from our framework to the new contract that you've just deployed. And so when we're taking a look at this plugin lifecycle, uh, we're really looking at four key steps. First, we're building and deploying the the plugin as engineers. Then we're publishing that plugin into the plugin registry for Aragon so that any Aragon DAO is able to use it. Then you're installing a specific plugin into a DAO and then you're using that plugin for for your interactions. So what I'll show you a bit today is an example of a plugin, as well as an example of how we can um, use the SDK to customize the UI of a specific DAO. Now, in order before I get, I dive into that a bit quick. Um, what I want to do is I want to first showcase the architecture of how our framework is set up, so that you, as we're going diving into the demo, you'll be able to spot um, these these packages being used around. So. Firstly, uh, we have the core contracts. Now, these core contracts are the foundation of the framework. This is the, really the, the interfaces that, as a user, we'll be interacting with. right? This is the actual DAO contract that uh, contains the withdraw, the deposit, the execute functions that we showed earlier with its permission manager. Then we have the plugin, right? And for plugins, we have uh, an array of base templates. These can be upgradable plugins, non-upgradable plugins, clonable, etc. so that an engineer can simply go ahead and say, contract is plugin, and already get functionality off, out of the box. And then on top of it, we have the framework contracts. And the framework contracts are uh, really the services that are provided for these uh, interfaces to work and interact with each other. So this is where we have the factories, where the DAO factory and the plugin factory. Um, It's also where we have the registry. So we have the registry of all of the DAOs being created. We have the plugin registry of all the plugins that we have um, within our framework. And then we also have the installer contracts, which essentially install the plugin into the DAO. And we'll take a look at what what that installation means uh, within the demo. So having that said, let's get to it. what I have right here, and let me know if you need me to make these bigger, um, is a, con- a for a plugin. Yes,
1: we're still seeing the Argon OSX architecture.
0: Amazing! Thank you for that. Show. Let's fix that. Change windows screens entire screen. All right. Can you see my VS Code now? Yes, we can. Okay. Beautiful. Um, If anyone knows how to solve this problem with VS Code, I am in desperate need. Uh, It always throws in no matter how much I change the compiler. Uh, So hit me up for that. But having that said, um, what we have here is a voting power plugin. It's essentially a plugin that grants a specific address, an amount of voting power, and then they're able to vote within proposals uh, for that down. So the first thing that we do is that we pull in from these plugin based contracts that I was mentioning earlier. Uh, What I've done here is that I've imported the Aragon OSX uh, package, and so I have access now to those contracts that I was mentioning before. Now, by doing that, I gain access to two things. Firstly, I get access to the authentication modifier, which we should see, for example, here. Um, and the authentication modifier, what it does is that it, it ensures that only addresses with the ad member permission permission are able to call on this function. So that ensures that our, our functions are being secure and that not anyone is calling on functions that we don't want anyone to call. Now, where is this permission coming? Up this permission, I've set it up right in the beginning of my plugin. And so the idea here is that I'm creating a Kekak hash. Which I know that whenever I'm calling on Kekak, oh, on Kekak and this string, I'll be able to get the hash for that permission. So we know that this won't change and, and won't be mutating as we go. Um, and with this permission, this is what then on the voting plugin setup contract, I will be granting to the DAO so that only the DAO is able to add members to our organization. And that is essentially what we're, what we're playing with here. The rest of the plugin is a bunch of just uh, functionality. For example, we're able to um, have an event when a member is added. We have modifiers checking whether a member's already been added or not to the the DAO, um, whether a member is the proposal creator, whether the proposal is active, whether the proposal is over. Um, We have a constructor that defines what is the minimum voting power for a specific member. Um, And something that's important to keep in mind here specifically with the constructor is that we're passing it as we initialize it, the specific DAO that we want to be installing this plugin into. And we'll see how this plays a role within the plugin setup contract that I'll I'll share with you a little bit later. Um, And then, of course, what we're returning is this plugin uh, interface with the DAO that the plugin is being installed into. Now, I don't wanna to dive too much deep into like the, fun- the specific functionality of this plugin. It's a smart contract enabling people to vote and proposal, create proposal, things like this. But really the most important part is that we have an authentication modifier that we get in from this plugin uh, contract that we're inheriting from, and that we are also able to call on the DAO instance. So thanks to me being able to import that package, I am now able to call on DAO, execute and pass in whatever actions I want to be passing into my into my function. And so once we have our logic and our implementation done, that's when we move into the plugin setup. Now, the plugin setup contract is always the same in contrast to the to the plugin contract, which is, of course, specific logic that you may want to define and and you're building it based on your needs. The plugin setup contract will always expect a, a prepare installation function, a prepare on installation function, this implementation function, so that we can just read, this is an empty function um, the, that we'll be inheriting from, based on the, the package that we're installing. Sorry, from this one. Um, and then we can also have a, a prepare upgrade uh, function if our plugin is upgradable. Now, inside of it, what we will have is the granting of the permissions that our, that our plugin needs. So if we see here that we need to have an ad, that our DAO should have an ad member permission and a set voting power permission, then those are the ones that I'll be granting to the DAO within my prepare installation, and the ones that'll i be revoking from the DAO whenever I'm uninstalling my plugin. So if I take a look at the code here, I'm essentially uh, first just initializing, uh, first, sorry, first initializing the plugin, as you can see, we'll only be deploying the plugin setup contract, which in turn, when installing the plugin, will uh, deploy the voting power plugin that I've just created. And then, once I have access to that plugin, I can say, please grant to the, uh, the, the permission found in this plugin, this is the action, where the functionality is held, to the DAO, and grant this permission. Conditions are additional contracts that we can pass in uh, if, we want it, if we want this granting to only happen under certain conditions, which is not the case here, but it certainly allows for a lot of interesting functionality as uh, plugins get more complex. And we do the same thing for the other permission. When we're speaking about revoking, again, it's the same thing. Uh, we're revoking now rather than granting to this plugin, uh, in this plugin, to this DAO, this permission. Now, once we have that done, you essentially just deploy the plugin setup contract. And once you have that plugin setup contract deployed, what we'll do is that we'll go into uh, the plugin repo, um, the plugin repo contract, and we can easily uh, deploy it there to Aragon. So I like to show it simply on like EtherScan because it's the simplest. But of course, um, we're actually building a CLI for it so that you're able to simply deploy it, publish without having to actually run all of this yourself. Um, this is already done and should be out on npm quite soon. So that's exciting! Um, and what we want to do is you go into the contract. Into the contract, we do write. And we're essentially creating a plugin repo with its first version. We pass it a subdomain, Um, this subdomain should be written like this. Uh, And what it'll do is that it'll generate a subdomain for you um, that plugin.ethe so that you can find your contract easier. We'll pass in the address of the contract that we've just deployed the maintainer, which in this case would be myself, um, and any metadata for the release and the build that I may want others to know about my plugin. These are things like description, um, permission, or even like any UI that you may want to pass on forward. Now, just with that, uh, you have a plugin pub- d- deployed and published. And the idea here is that from then on forward, what you'll want to do is create a proposal that has uh, the installation of this plugin so that whenever a proposal passes, then the plugin is installed into the DAO. Now, as of now, the app, the Aragon app doesn't yet uh, enable you to install and uninstall uh, plugins from the UI. Oh, why is it looking like a mobile? Um, from the UI, but that's weird. Um but we are able to do it through the SDK and we are able to do it uh through just enabling the actions and and passing them in. So that's kind of a next step of where we're at when we're looking at the at the UI for it. Now when it comes to the customization of a DAO from a UI perspective, uh like I said, we have an SDK, so we'll just import the Aragon SDK uh client package into our say this is a React app. Um, in this case, I've created it within context so that I have access to the Aragon SDK context throughout my application, um, and I'll pass in some specific parameters so that I can first configure the client, and then I'll have access to it throughout my application. So, for example, if I wanted to enable the creation of a DAO, um, I can simply call on the Aragon SDK client, pass it in the metadata for my DAO pass it in the parameters for the plugins that I'll be installing. In this case, I'm installing the, the token voting plugin, um, which needs some configuration to pass in some in its constructor, right? Like minimum duration, minimum participation, etc. Um, and then I'm just encoding it and it, creating my DAO with this plugin installed. I can also call on deposit ETH and simply go SGK, methods, deposit and pass it in. Um, of course then embedding this into some nice UI component. I can display proposals. <laughs> this is all commented out, not sure why. Um, I can list out members, etc. So wanted to showcase kind of this two-layered approach so that you're able to see uh, both the functionalities that, that you're able to do in order to customize your own organizations, leveraging our new stack. Now that's it. Thank you.
1: Nice. What a speed run. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, we have our first question from Andre. Andre, feel free to join.
0: Hey, Andre.
2: Hey there. Um, Hi. Thanks for the presentation, Juliet. I think the architecture is really sound. A uh, couple of questions for you, though. Do you have anything developed, maybe a plugin for dispute resolution? Then uh, I know you guys were doing secret voting a while ago. I'm wondering if you still have that and if the, um, if the implementation is open source, if we can look at it. And I have another question, which might be a little bit out of your scope. And if that's the case, just say so and don't even touch it. Uh, how are you guys monetizing this? Um, and if you're not, can you maybe speak a little bit to how you can um, you know fund this kind of effort? And in general, for this vertical, for this type of product, can you speak a little bit of how this can be monetized? Thank you.
0: Yeah, sure. Great questions. Um, do I have anywhere where I can share some text here? I'd love to. Oh, yeah. Sure.
2: There's a chat um, yeah. on the room.
0: So, what I've shared here is the link of the current plugins that we have within our ecosystem. Um, going back to your first question regarding dispute resolution. Um, I know that there is one team currently working on it. I can definitely connect you if this is something that's of interest to you. Um, but it's not one that we already have uh, at least supported within the app. Uh, and I think they've deployed it to Mumbai. I'm not sure if they deployed it to Polygon already. Uh, but more than happy to put you in contact with that team, if that's something that you're interested in. Um,
2: yeah, super interested. And Or maybe just a link to the documentation if they have.
0: Yeah, for like sure. That. Then, your other question...
2: Secret voting.
0: The other question was secret voting, you're right. So we have a CK research team who is focused heavily on private voting, both at the end of counting the votes, as well as the results, as well as um, the secrecy of the members for the DAO and the members who have, in fact, contributed to the organizations. Um, We have done several prototypes, uh, and I'll share with you the link so that you can review all of the work uh, that this team is doing um but essentially uh most of these are at a prototype state i know that we've just uh finished actually an implementation for private voting um for NounsDAO, and that should be done within uh, the next week or so it should be wrapping up quite quick so more than happy to share that with you as well um, once that comes up, but essentially we have a team that is working on the research and the next step that we have enabled is now uh, one of our top engineers uh, is working on productizing these, these features to that next stage. Um, so that's certainly something that's uh, crucial, important to us really understanding the regulatory landscape as well of DAOs that we're playing in.
1: To add a little bit of context here for the listeners that are joining this season onto the Dior Cod seat, in season one we had the Vogdoni team coming on, and they explained a little bit um, what they were doing. That was, I think, almost six months ago. So, um, so it would be it would be like a little bit updated to uh, it be maybe a little bit outdated, considering how these things move. Uh, in terms of speed, but uh, but definitely worth uh, giving them a try and digging deep. Uh, if you want de- to dig deep onto secret voting and how to use uh, like on-chain voting and uh, using ZK, uh, that episode uh, has really, really golden nuggets as well. Um, for context, the Vogdoni team is a part of Aragon as well.
0: Yeah, great shout. Uh, So actually, the Vogdoni team is currently building, uh, they've already built a plugin for off-chain voting directly within Aragon. I know that currently um, we're adding it uh, with support to our UI, but that should be rolling out uh, in the next few months or so, I think maybe like one and a half, two months. So something else to look out for, for sure. Um, And then when it comes to uh, monetization, Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the history of Aragon as an organization, but we launched uh, back in 2016, um, where we raised an ICO of around $25 million at that time, at a point at which ETH was 80 bucks. So, due to great tra- treasury management, uh, that treasury has grown. At one point, I think it was around 300 million. Now, depending on the volatility of the day, it may roam anywhere between like 170 to 200 million. Um, so, it's an organization that is uh, really well funded, and we have runway for 80 years to come, uh, if not more. Now, having that said, monetization is certainly a key aspect of our of our roadmap as we're headed to next, and we're looking at a few different possibilities. Um, we're not thinking of uh, enforcing fees directly from the protocol and like the DAO creation specifically, uh, but rather looking at a plugin insurance program, both for DAOs as well as for plugin developers. Um, looking at sponsoring audits, looking at or exploring more so uh, a model where we could also reward uh, plugin builders based on usage of their plugins, um, and us take a stake of fee as well. So some revenue sharing models there as well. Uh, so we're at a stage where that is uh, now that we're we have the new protocol and, and things are out and we're gaining some traction. Um, this is certainly a, a key point in a radar that that we're exploring heavily. Uh, but I'll say that as of now, the product is entirely entirely free to use. And so, feel free to play around and uh, enjoy it as it is.
2: Thank you so much. This was very insightful.
1: You're welcome. Like um, already like a paid forward public good where you can just deploy this style framework as so, so you will because, you know, 2017 was good to Aragon. We have another question from Phil.
0: Hey Phil, we- welcome in. Feel free to also post uh, your questions on the chat and I'll be able to take a look there. Yeah, Claire, rich out. Do you Ooh, know that's any a bit... implementations of Moloch-like functions as yeah, Plugged in hm. Rage but... Great question. So actually, for uh, the ETH Global Paris Hackathon, we requested this type of plugin implementation. Um, We mostly posted out as the bigger problem of how can DAOs uh, fundraise easier and enable a way for contributors to exit in the case that they no longer align with the values of the organization. Um, now, we got some cool projects in, uh, but none that, that were explicitly like uh, Shares or rage quit. Um, But it's something that we really want to see being built. So if you want to give it a go, more than happy to chat maybe one-on-one and take a look at, at how we can set that up. Um, it's been requested by several people, so we're, we're really excited to see that in the framework. Uh, but I'll say that as of now, I have yet to see it uh, from our plugin developers. Now, keep in mind, we're, again, we're still like four months out uh, since we launched, so it's still very early in terms of uh, external development work. Great time to come in and contribute.
1: Cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit um, about the permissions database. It seems that um, the database can be accessed by the plugins and plugins can give other plugins access to managing their plugins to their the functions in their plugins is that correct
0: It is correct however we don't advise it like that and, and I can go a bit deeper into that but I'd love to hear more of, of what your where your head is at
1: Yeah so uh, it was basically like how far can you go and how much are we opening up the door for obscuring different relationships between plugins to the point that you end up giving permissions to um, to a, maybe a malicious plugin or uh, or something that uh, apparently and maybe at a one jump of plugin scale is completely harmless, but these other plugin also has access to this other plugin and this other plugin ends up having access to the core functionality of the app. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would like to, to hear your thoughts about how you, how are you avoiding
0: this? Yeah, nailed it. Uh, so that's a key concern for sure. Not and and that has kind of two big concerns. One of them is certainly just the malicious contract in general, being able to gain, say, execute permission uh, on the DAO, that itself, whether it's coming from a malicious address that may be an externally owned account or a plugin is, is a big fear. Um, and then the other one is the dependency between plugins, which is also a big problem. Um, and so that I'll dive into both, uh, particularly on the dependency problem. The key thing here is that You don't want to come into a situation where one plugin gets uninstalled and all of a sudden nothing in the rest of your DAO works or your DAO gets bricked because of uninstalling a dependency that another plugin had. Um, this is a key concern and it's a key reason why kind of everywhere within our documentation and every time we're speaking to engineers, we're really trying to ensure that plugins are all encompassing um, and they have a specific objective or, or, or a specific goal rather than trying um, trying to cover absolutely everything. So that is one uh, solution for that in terms of architecture, although in reality, like you've mentioned, nothing is uh prohibiting you from doing that. So that's one end. Um, then when it comes to the security portion of it, uh, certainly a a problem with uh, permissionless architecture. That's um, something that we've thought very seriously and we've come up with a few solutions for it. Although at the end of the day, uh, if a DAO is installing a plugin that is malicious, ultimately there is uh, not much we can do about it. So the way our architecture works is that it's open, anyone can create a plugin, even if it's a malicious plugin, you'll be able to create it and and, um, and publish it because we're not checking for uh, the functionality of your plugin in order to determine whether it can be published or not. So in that regard, it is open uh, for anyone to publish. Now, having that said, uh, some ways that we're handling to mitigate that. Uh, firstly, we're taking very seriously the plugins that we're supporting on the application layer. So specifically through the UI, uh, not all of the plugins that are that are published will be supported for DAOs to easily install and uninstall. And so that's a great way for us to really vet um, the types of project, the, the types of plugins that DAOs can install. Then secondly, Um, We'll be sponsoring audits for plugins that we're seeing um, needed and the people are demanding, um, especially as we have the modularity framework within our application and uh, people are able to install and uninstall plugins easier. Um, This is is a key next step that we see in order to ensure security. Uh, And thirdly, we have a design principle that really rules all of our decision making, which is ensuring that these organizations are human-centered. And so, if you go at the app, at the application um, and kind of like dabble a bit around uh, the Aragon UI, you'll be able to see that all of the transactions that you're signing, it's not just bytecode or a bunch of you know addresses that make no sense. We've really taken a step uh, to that next step and taken a look at importing um, comments, trying to make them human readable, try to provide some data, and so ensuring that the experience for the user feel safe, thanks to the, the design practices that we've been implementing. Hopefully that answers your question.
1: Yeah, that does. So basically trying to limit the, um, or, or try to self-contain all the plugins on exactly. one side. And then by curating as a first line of defense, the, uh, the plugins that people can access, and secondly if uh you start seeing traction from other plugins that are not part of the curated set maybe try to sponsor some ad- audits for this and include them within the curated set
0: exactly that'd be a good summary all right we have time
1: for one last question from clara
0: yes she says i'm curious to you know what other plugins you'd like to see being built in the forthcoming months not on your current roadmap a great question clara So things that were certainly on the lookout. Uh, Number one, any type of uh, interesting governance mechanism. I think DAOs are enabling ways for people to make decisions on assets uh, together in a way that's uh, innovative, that's potentially fun, that really arrives at the best possible decision making. Um, And so we really want to be seeing more governance mechanisms added. We currently have token voting, we have address list voting, which essentially means uh, a list of addresses are able to vote. Um, We have a multi-sig, which means that X amount of people need to sign the transaction in order for the proposal to go. Um, And then we also have uh, what we internally call kind of like the dictatorship plugin, which is like an admin plugin, right? Where like one person holds control to really execute actions on behalf of the DAO around. Uh, and that's better, usually better suited for like DAOs who are starting out and who may want to still like play around with their organization before they take decentralization to the next step. So those are the ones that are currently being added and supported, uh, but would love to see, say, some quadratic uh, voting being added, um, different types of decision making, especially as DAOs are entering um, a lot of like, governance attacks. Uh, Some civil resistance mechanisms being added. Uh, We just saw some integration with WorldCoin, some integration with Gitcoin Passport. Uh, So more things like that from another one doing KYC for members. Um, So different things like that is certainly uh, always interesting to us. And then on the other layer, uh, certainly more of the treasury management fundraising portion. I think something that was proven within the last uh, bull round was how well suited DAOs are to raise funds um, as an initial mechanism. And so on one layer, seeing more more ways uh, that encourage that kind of behavior, be it through rage quitting, be it through uh, bonding curves, be it through uh, liquidity pool management. uh, And that's one, one key portion of it. And then the other one is yield generating strategies. So for DAOs who may have these treasuries, potentially not moving that often, uh, being able to generate some yield in a way where uh, the DAO can still hold funds, but at the same time, um, get some return of investment in their their assets. So I'd say those are kind of the, the two key buckets that we're looking at mostly.
1: Perfect, thank you very much. On that aspect, uh, I'd like to, if you are listening, listener, and you would like to use any of these new plugins and you need help building it, we at Diorc, we are Argon DAO experts, which means that we can very easily help you build any customized solutions using Aragon, And we'll be happy to jump with you into this adventure of creating one of these new plugins. So for all your needs, please uh, let us know. All right. So that has been all the time that we have today. And Juliette, thank you very much for explaining yourself so clearly. We had one of the best uh, technical demonstrations that we've had here. Uh, I love that you shared and you really let us see deep into the entrails of what an Aragon plugin is. So very much appreciated. Very much appreciated with your time. uh, And you have uh, definitely passed the hot seat test. So thanks for coming.
0: Thank you. Have a good day. And don't hesitate to reach out. I'm more than happy to learn kind of what you're thinking and support you along the way.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much. I'm sure we'll see you very soon.